I want to get down to the Word of God. Would you please turn to the book of Ezekiel, please? Ezekiel chapter 34. Chapter 34. We're just going to pick some verses out from Ezekiel chapter 34. Just for a basis of uh, the word that the Lord has laid on my heart for this evening. And we've simply entitled it the pursuing God. Not us pursuing God, but God pursuing us. Not us pursuing God, but God pursuing us. Ezekiel 34, beginning to read at verse 11, please. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Would you let your eye run down, please, to verse 16. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Now let your eye run further down the chapter, please. Verse 23. Verse 23. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David, he shall feed them, he shall be their shepherd. And I the Lord will be their God, and my servant David a prince among them. And I the Lord have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace, and will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land, and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And again, please, let your eye run down, all for time's sake, to verse 30. Thus shall they know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. Let us pray. Eternal Father, again, we thank you for the songs that we have been singing about the blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you again that so many have turned up this evening to the drive-in service. And we thank you, Lord, that they have come under the sound of the gospel in song. How Christ came to die for us and shed his precious blood. We thank you for those songs of hope and rejoicing that Billy has sung this evening. We pray, O oh God, that you would take all that has done thus far and soften hearts that have maybe been hardened and ply hearts, Lord, that have maybe become bitter and coarsed. We pray, O oh God, that you would open hearts that have been closed. And Father, this evening we thank you for your spirit among us who seeks us out as your flock, as your sheep, 
For thou art our great shepherd. Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd be exalted this evening to be glorified among this people. We love you and we worship you. We tell you there's none like you. So Father, I pray that you would help this man of frailty to bring thy word. And Lord, to bring thy word with power and clarity, with boldness in the Holy Spirit, that Christ might be glorified. Save the lost. Restore the backslidden. Strengthen the weak. Encourage the discouraged. I pray, O God, or this night be over, that all our hearts would be touched and filled with the Spirit and the Word of God. And Lord, that we would leave here the better for being here. But above all things, that Christ might have the preeminence in our midst this evening. For his glory and for his name's sake, I ask it. Amen. The Lord here, speaking to Ezekiel. This is in a time when the house of Israel are gone into captivity and lost. 120 to 150 years later, he now speaks to Ezekiel for the house of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, are now in Babylon, captivity, away from Jerusalem, away from the temple, away from all they knew, away from the scrolls, away from worship, away from God. Lost. No longer going on with God. And their hearts are hardened. And their ways have been hedged up. And we find now that Ezekiel is being told of a wonderful promise to God's sheep. That he would be the shepherd and he would do the seeking. You know, brothers and sisters this evening... I think any of us who are truthful would say to our own hearts that there was nothing in us that thought of God. There's nothing in the depravity of our nature and flesh that wanted him, nor thought of him, nor could we turn to him, nor reach him, nor come to know him. We were lost and undone and in our sin. But thank God that he came. And we thank him that he done all the searching. And he done all the seeking. And Christ done all the doing. And Christ done the dying. That you and I might come into relationship with him. Reconciled to God. Reconciled to our Father. That you and I might be saved. Forgiven of our sins by the washing and the cleansing and the atoning power of the blood of Christ. And that his spirit now lives in us. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise unto the day of redemption. No longer away from God. No longer in our sin. No longer under wrath. No longer on the broad road to destruction. No longer to stand in judgment. And no longer to think of being in a lake of fire. A devil's hell. 
All because God came from heaven in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he died for us. All because Christ came and he paid the debt that we owed. The debt that we could never pay. And he done all the seeking and the searching, the pursuing after us. He came from heaven and purchased us. What a wonderful thought it is when you're saved, when you're right with God because you're in Christ. What a wonderful thought it is when I put my head on the pillow at night to know that when I close my eyes to sleep, should my breath leave my body, I am Christ's. That I belong to him and I will be with Christ forever and forever. Amen. The Lord here talks about himself being the pursuing God. God who pursues us. God who hunts us. God who seeks for us and sought us out throughout the gospel age, throughout the years of the new covenant at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we have 600 plus or so years before the very coming of Christ at Bethlehem. Here we have the Father speaking of him. God himself saying, I will come. Note our reading in verse 11, Ezekiel 34, verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus saith the Lord God. Do you know when you read throughout the the first chapter of Genesis, you'll read, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God said, and God said, and God said, as he's showing us the very words spoken and creation happening. And the word God is Elohim. Elohim, the plural majesty of the one true and living God. But by the time you come to Genesis chapter 2, and we have Adam in the garden, you know what it says? And the Lord God said, and the Lord Jehovah or Yahweh Elohim. In other words, God's redemptive name, God's redemptive person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There he comes and he walks with Adam in the cool of the day. So it goes, God said in creation. Yes, he was there at creation. And then it says, and the Lord God, yes, he became personal to Adam in the garden in chapter 2. Now throughout time, we have him here in Ezekiel 34, knowing where the house of Israel were, knowing their lost estate, knowing their spiritual adultery toward himself, knowing all of their failures and their faults, knowing the house of Judah in captivity. Where are they? They're lost. They're lost from human sight but never lost to God. And God comes to Ezekiel 
And generally Ezekiel is encamped around the river Kivar. And the river Kivar was around 500 miles to the east of Jerusalem. Around 500 miles east. How would anyone know but God? You know what it tells me and it shows me this evening? That God knows exactly where you are, friend. God knows the condition you're in. God knows the position you're in. And God knows exactly where you are. He knows the fears of your heart. He knows the anxieties in your mind. He knows the worries and the troubles and the trials and the tribulations that you go through. God knows where you are and God knows who you are. God knows the heart that's hurting and the heart that is mournful. And the heart that is wayward. And the heart that is far from him. And he knows exactly when man knows not where you are. In mind and in heart. And even in location. You might take the wings of the morning and fly to the uttermost part of the earth. And there God is already there. And he knew Ezekiel exactly where to find him. And he says, for thus saith the Lord God. Behold, notice what God says. I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. I'll seek them, he says in verse 2, as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep. In other words, I'll come among them and I will seek them myself. Like a shepherd oh, we look for his sheep that are on the mountains. That are on in the valleys. Like a shepherd we go to find them. Make sure none of them are lost and bring them all in and bring them all home. So almighty God, Jehovah Elohim, Yahweh the God of all creation and eternity said in the person of my son I will come. And I will seek out my sheep. Oh, he seeks us out in the place where you think you are hiding. He seeks us out in our hearts and minds. He seeks us out in the daytime. And he seeks us out in the night watches. He seeks you out when you're lying with your head on your pillow at night. And you know you're not right with God. And the still small voice may speak to thy conscience and saying, you know, you're not saved. You know, you're not right. You know, you're in your sin. You know, you're away from God. Deep in your heart, in your conscience, you know it. And he seeks you out. Oh, he quickens you with his spirit. Regenerates the soul. That the man and the woman might cry for mercy. And there he imparts and he imputes deciding grace. And there he gives you repentance unto life. Brings you from death unto life. From darkness into light. From the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of his dear son or the son of his love. The kingdom of the Son of His love is where I find myself tonight. I know that I am in the kingdom of the Son of His love. 
He loved me. I don't know why. But he died for me. He shed his blood for me. And he loves you, friend. He loves you, sir. He loves you, lady. He loves you who has come in. And you said, no one knows I can come to the drive-in and we're glad to see you. No one knows I can drive in and drive out. But I say tonight, tonight God knows. God knows. He knows where you are in location. He knows where you are in condition. And he knows where you are in position with him. So God has sought you out. He is the pursuing God. He is pursuing you. Pursuing after you. Like a shepherd doth gather in his sheep. Here the shepherd goes over a hill and mountain. Through valley low. And there he gathers his own. Until all are safely in the fold. And so we find that God said. I will come. I. I love it when he said. I. Even I. Is it so hard to believe? Is it too fantastical for the heart and the mind? To think that God indeed would dwell upon the earth among men. Oh it's way past finding out. But I can tell you. Whenever the spirit of God speaks to the heart. And into the mind and the life of the man and woman. And points as it were that great finger of conviction. That great finger to say I'm speaking to you. There it no longer becomes impossible and too fantastical to believe. But rather the Holy Ghost has sought us out. And there he draws us to Christ. He draws us to the cross. And we may fight. And we may wrestle. And we may run. And we may try our best and our hardest. We may try to turn from him and hide ourselves. But God pursues and with irresistible grace. There he draws until the man and woman no longer can contend with him. And rather they submit their lives to Christ. I want to tell you, God does not save a man and woman against their will. No, he makes a man and woman willing to be saved. He turns the heart. He turns the heart to him. The heart that's stony. The heart that's hard. The heart that's dead. And he he turns their heart and brings it to life. And there with his irresistible, matchless, sovereign grace. There that man and woman who would be lost and damned for all eternity. Realize that there is a heaven again and a hell to shun. And Christ is the only Savior. Oh, like the old prophet said. And I agree with him 100%. He said, salvation is off the Lord. It's all of him, friend. There's nothing to add. 
There's nothing to do. There's nothing to give. But it's all to receive. It's all to receive. Here the Lord says, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among the sheep that are scattered. He'll bring in his own. You know, when you think of this, in John chapter 10, please, if you will turn with me. John's Gospel, chapter 10. Notice the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and let again your eye run down to verse 9. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Notice. In Ezekiel 34, God said, I'm the shepherd. And here Jesus says, I'm the shepherd. And they say, Christ never claimed deity. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Notice here, brothers and sisters and friends, if you have your Bible, let your eye run on down the chapter, please, of John chapter 10. Notice what he says here, and he's speaking in the temple at Solomon's porch. And notice what he says in verse 26. But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. In other words, Christ is telling us he has his own sheep. And he says, you don't believe because you're not of my sheep. He didn't say you're not of my sheep so you don't believe. Notice this, he says, you believe not because you're not of my sheep. And I said unto you, notice, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And those who are hearing the word of God and the spirit quickening to the heart, they are the sheep of God. Notice what he says here. In verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life. Again, question our hearts here. For those who deny the deity of Christ. He said, I'm the shepherd from Ezekiel 34. Now he says, I give eternal life. Only God could do that. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Notice, and the Jews took up stones, again to stone him. They didn't like what they heard, for he was saying, eternal life is in me. Eternal life is in Christ, and in Christ alone. Notice here in Ezekiel 34, if you let your eye run down to verse 16, the Lord says, And I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and I will bind up that which was broken, and strength will strengthen that which was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong, I will feed them with judgment. Now take note of this. Here the Lord has promised healing, 
Shalom is not just peace. It means healing of every sort. Peace of every kind. The peace of God that passeth all understanding in trials and troubles. In times when our hearts are broken. He says, I am your shepherd and I will heal you. Our physical being is weak. Our physical being is sick. He's promised to be the great healer. This is the same Christ. This is the same Lord Jesus. But he says in verse 16, I will seek that which was lost. The pursuing Christ. I find this strange. Because people think when Jesus came, he just happened to be just throwing out different stories and parables and saying things that came to his mind because he could. Friend, I want to let you know that Christ came and everything he said had meaningful purpose in it. There's not one word of Christ that will drop to the ground. For example, he comes along the shore, sees Peter and Andrew, James and John, and and there he calls them, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. In other words, he's saying, I want you to hunt. I want you to be my mouthpiece. I want you to be my hands and I want you to be my feet. And I want you to go seeking the lost sheep. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, he said. He said it because of Ezekiel 34. He told the disciples at the river, or pardon me, the seaside, And this is what he said. He says, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Will you turn with me just for a moment to Jeremiah chapter 16, please? Jeremiah chapter 16. And I just want to lift out one verse to show you this. That he just didn't happen to throw it out there. Jeremiah 16 and verse 16. Here again, Almighty God, The Lord God Jehovah, he speaks to the prophet Jeremiah. And this is what he says, Jeremiah 16, verse 16. Behold, I will send for many fishers. That's why he called Peter and Andrew and James and John. I, he says, he came. I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after that, I will send for many hunters. And they shall hunt them from every mountain, from every hill, and out of the holes of the rock. That's why Christ says, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. He was coming to do exactly as he said he would do. The pre-existent Christ. So notice then, he hunts us down. Hunts us through the preaching of the word. He hunts us through the Holy Spirit of God. He hunts souls of men and women. He hunts for the sheep that have gone astray. And he hunts for men and for women. And he calls them his flock. Our last verse of chapter 34, Ezekiel 34, verse 31. And ye are my flock, the flock of my pasture. Notice. What does this flock? Our men. It means men and women. Mankind. He says, ye are my men. Or pardon my flock. 
my pastor, our men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. Verse 23, it says, I will set up one shepherd. We've already established that's Christ. Over them, and he shall feed them. Even David, my servant David, and he shall feed them, shall be their shepherd. Some people think this is the resurrection of David the king. I don't believe so. I believe this is Christ, David's greater son. This is a type of Christ. He's saying, David's greater son, that is the Lord Jesus. He says, I will set him up as the shepherd, the man shepherd, who will feed my sheep. All of this to show you, friends, something. In verse 25, and I will make with them a covenant of peace. This is the blood of Christ. This is Calvary's tree. This is Golgotha's hill and the finished work of the Lord Jesus when he shed his blood and died for us. This is the covenant of peace, the covenant of peace between God and his people, the covenant of peace between the shepherd and the sheep, the covenant of peace between sheep and sheep. Here is the reconciliation of man to God. And you have to say this evening, friend, are you saved? Are you under this covenant of peace? Have you been to Calvary? Have you been to the cross? Are you saved? Are you Christ's? Is he your sovereign shepherd? So he hunts. God pursues. And without his involvement. And without his interference. And without him instigating. All of us would still be lost. And then our sin. Salvation is not in who you are or what you can do. Salvation is in Christ and what God has done in our lives. He pursued you. Want you to get that, friend. And Christian, even if you're hearing it, just to encourage you. God loves you. He pursued you. Think about it. He hunted you out. He went fishing for you. That's how dear you are to him. He has set his love upon you in eternity. And he has never lifted his love off from you. Nor will to eternity come. He's loved you. He loved you and gave you to his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who came and died for you because he loved you. He gave his life for you because he loved you. Shed his blood for you because he loved you. And in this life, his love is a bounding love. And those of us who are saved are before him 
in love. Listen, Psalm 23. It's the psalm of the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But listen to Psalm 23. Whenever the psalmist is thinking of the testimony of his walk with God, Surely, he says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Notice, all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you see the term, shall follow me all the days of my life? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Do you know the idea of that Hebrew word is? It will hunt me down. God's goodness God's mercy. Listen, mercy is when we do not get that which we do deserve. When we do not get that which we do deserve. And every single day in a body of depraved flesh, of our rotten humanity, every day with our thoughts and our words and our deeds and our accents and our language and our doings, we fail him, yet mercy Haunts me down. And maybe you failed him and you feel I can't go on. Maybe you failed him and you feel it's too, it went too far. Friend, I can tell you tonight you're listening. He loves you. And his mercy is haunting you down. His goodness is haunting you down. Seeking you out and fishing after you. Now that's love. That is love. One verse and I close. You turn with me please to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A little obscure verse in the book of Ecclesiastes. Very obscure. You read over it and it's like a conundrum. It's like a tongue twister. It's like a riddle. And so we read on past it. But it's so much depth and so much meaning. We close with this verse. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 15. That which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. Let's read it again. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be ha, that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. What does it mean? This verse gives the idea of God pursuing as a judge. In the Old Testament, if someone had an accident and someone died or someone was murdered or killed. And maybe it was through a fight and it wasn't meant to happen. It was a manslaughter. They had what was known in Israel as cities of refuge. And so they could run to the city and claim refuge. And the pursuer would pursue after them. They'd leave one city to go to that certain city of refuge. And there with all their might, as quick as they can, they're running, they're running and they're running. But the pursuer... He's now left behind them and he's running and he's running and he's running, pursuing after them. 
to catch them before they get to the city of refuge. And this verse gives the idea God is pursuing. God's wrath is upon men and women unrepentant and outside of Christ. Gives the idea that God is pursuing the sinner. And friend, he's pursuing you in love. But if you're a sinner, he's pursuing you for his wrath abideth on you. And there you must flee to the city of refuge and get there before he catches up with you, as it were. And that city of refuge is Christ. This verse gives the idea that which hath been is now. There's years and years and years have passed. And maybe someone here will think, well, I did something. Maybe it was in the troubles in Ulster. And you did something you shouldn't have done. Have we all throughout our lives? Maybe you've had a past. Haven't we all? Maybe you've been places you shouldn't have been. Haven't we all? And years have passed and you think, well, it's gone from my memory. It's been 30, 40, 50, 60 or more years gone from my memory. And I might be friend, but this verse, that which hath been is now, gives the idea that that is as fresh before God this very second. That is as fresh in the eyes of God this very moment. Murders years ago. Oh, you've eased your conscience. Babies aborted. Whether it's 50 years ago, as we're hearing, 60 years ago, trials in laboratories. But sure, it's all years ago. It's all right now. No, it's not. It's as though it happened right this moment. That's what that verse means. It's as though it happened here and now, this very second, in the eyes of God. And unrepented of. God is the pursuer, the pursuing God, waiting to catch up that day to grab hold of the unrepentant sinner. Time means nothing to God. For he is eternal. And notice that which hath been is now. And that which is to be hath already been. He already knows our future. Thank God when we've repented of our sins. And thank God when we're washed in the blood. With nothing to answer for. We're in the city of refuge. And thank God that he's hunting us down. And he hunted us in love. And give us repentance on the light. For here is the end of the matter. And that. And God requireth that. Which is past. There was an old man called Harry. 
He was 90, I think 92, maybe. Maybe you're a year off there. Kept going to visit him. And he always seemed for his age to be in good health. And suddenly his health took a dip for the worse. And I kept going to talk to him about the Lord. And he didn't want to know. I used to visit his lovely godly wee wife Mary. And Harry would have got out of the way. As soon as I came. How you doing? And straight out the door. Harry, the Lord loves you. And one day. Harry ended up in hospital. And I was told that he was asking for me. I went to the hospital bed and there he was then on the bed and he was wound up like a spring. Every muscle in his old body was coiled up and tensioned. And there he was almost like a crab's bend. I says, Harry, what's wrong? He says, I can't die like this. Body was hard as a brick. He says, Harry, I want to tell you about Christ, how he has been seeking after you. Oh, he loves you. And he says, I know. I know. But I want to ask you a question, Pastor, he said. After all these years, after all this time, will he still accept me now? And I said, yes, Harry, even now, even now. And Harry repeated, even now, after my past, I said, yes, Harry, even now. For God has brought you to this place. And even now he will accept you. And Harry gave his life to Christ in the hospital bed. And when we were done praying and Harry was done receiving. His body went in like water to a relaxation. Breathed deeply. And his words were thank you. You can go now. And Harry died not long after. God pursued him and hunted him down. Maybe God's pursuing you this evening, hunting you down. Maybe God will pursue you and you'll reject him long enough that he's pursuing you to catch you before a city of refuge. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. May God bless you tonight. May God encourage us. May God challenge and convict our hearts for Jesus' name's sake. Again, I'm going to stand at the corner if you're interested or you're concerned, I should say, for your soul, please come and see me. I want to talk to you about the love of Christ and how he's chased you to this point.
It's time to surrender yourself to him. May God bless you all. Thank you, Glenn.